Well, I'm so glad to be back among all you beautiful musicians. Thank you, Kay. If you felt like there was a little irony in me singing along on that one clear voice, I did it on purpose so you would know that we are one. <laughs> Seriously, though. Oh, my thing is on. I don't have to hold that anymore. Yay. I titled this week's sermon in awesome wonder. One of my favorite phrases. Oh, Lord my God, when I am awesome wonder, consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I love that song. It fills me up. It fills me up. And awesome wonder. I always feel that when I'm at the Grand Canyon. <laughs> when I'm walking through a beautiful forest all alone, when I sit down and pay attention to a flower in all its glory. But am I an awesome wonder? Just motoring along through my life, getting in the car, driving to Dallas one more time? <laughs> am I an awesome wonder? Too often the answer is no. And I do know that it's about paying attention to where you are, not about where you are. Easy for me to say, because I just got back from Yellowstone Park <laughs> and Big Sky, Montana, where it is very easy to be in awesome wonder at any given time. So much beauty, so much greenness. It was about 40 degrees cooler there than it was here. We checked the temperature in Fort Worth every day just so we could kind of gloat about how cool we were. <laughs> and we come back and it's September. So September means cool to me. It means it's going to get cooler one of these days. It's going to be Christmas at some point. <clears throat> in August, you couldn't convince me of that, but now I know. So my idea before I left is I knew I was going to be in this awesome wonder, and I knew that that wasn't the lesson, to go find a place where you're in awesome wonder, but that the lesson was to find the awesome wonder wherever you are. And my intention when I wrote that sermon title before I left was to pay attention while I was gone and see what it was that allowed me to be in awesome wonder where I was and to see what I had to learn. And I learned so much, I'll be doing sermons off of it for the next several months, but there are a few things I wanted to bring up to you today. One is a quote from a genius. Albert Einstein says, there are two ways to live your life. One, as though nothing is a miracle. The other, as though everything is a miracle. Two ways. Which would you rather? Which would you prefer to live as though nothing is a miracle or as though everything is? So we went to Yellowstone. It's been a dream of Bob's for a long time. I um, had a job booked at the Big Sky Retreat in Montana, which is very near Yellowstone. Um, I was teaching a workshop and, and on the music team for the retreat. And very, very glad to go there again. It is pleasant work and loving work, but it is work when I go there. But um, I was bribing Bob to come by saying, we can go early and go to Yellowstone. 
which has been a dream of his all of his life. And so here we are walking around on the largest volcanic crater in the world with acid and hot water and gas bubbling up everywhere around us, reminding us that it could blow at any minute. One of the sites we went to, there was a sign that says, this particular gaseous, acidic mud puddle didn't used to be here. But there was um, an earthquake in 1948 that blew this whole thing. This was a forest. And in 1948, an earthquake happened that blew this whole thing sky high. There were no trees around. There was just this giant, bubbling mud puddle, which we were told was, it was actually very acidic and would just sort of melt you. Not, not because of the heat, but because of its content. Wow. Oh, Lord my God. <laughs> awesome wonder. And of course, I had Bob there going, it can blow any minute, babe. <laughs> Which can make you appreciate it even more. And there was so much beauty, and there was so much walking. We got 17, 18, 19, 21,000 steps every single day. Wow. Which, at an elevation of about 7,000 feet, wasn't easy. Then we moved to Big Sky with an elevation of 9,000 feet. So we had a really, 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 really good time. And what I came back with is, if I cannot honor the entirety of my journey, then I truly honor none of it. Louise Hay said that. It's one of her basic um, healing lectures was learn to honor the entirety of your journey. Everything is grace. I talk about this. I've talked about this to you before. I know this. I just forget because I'm human. And you do too because you're human. So sometimes we get to remember together. It's all grace. It's all grace. We honor the entirety of the journey. All of it is God. So here's one thing I learned. We say the words, it's all God. How many people believe it's all God? God is all there is. Love is all there is. There is only love. We sing that in song. Do you believe it? Then what is all this complaining? <laughs> Being a person who does her fair share of complaining, I feel like I have a right to ask you about this. What is all this complaining? If it is all love, that means it's all love. That means the political people that you don't like are all love. It means the situations that look doomed are love. And that a new definition of insanity, which I learned on this trip, is thinking that we have a singular answer, that we're right, to a multi-dimensional world. We have no idea what's going on. We see this, and we go, well, I know what's right about this, so I'm going to declare it, the whole world should do it, because I should be in charge, because obviously I'm smarter than everybody else. I know if you do that, but I do that. We don't know. We keep coming, trying to come up with a singular solution to a multi-dimensional experience, and there just isn't one. The only singular solution is you decide that it's all love. A 
from there. Rather than behaving as if it's all chaos and searching for love. How do you do that? How do you do that? It's not easy. It's not easy, and I have the gift of um, being able to listen once again to uh, uh, a, a person that I admire very much, Reverend Dr. David Alt. Any of you know him? He's very um, big in the New Thought music movement, and especially New Thought movement in music as well, but um, as a minister in New Thought, and he um, was the minister at CSL of Atlanta, um, which is one of the largest churches in the New Thought movement. He has now moved on from that position, and he has a focus ministry where what he does is he goes and helps. He digs wells. He gets children educated. He finds ways to rescue young girls from enslavement. And this is his calling. This is what he does. And something that he said which really stuck with me was this. Instead of trying to get the right things on your plate, look at what is on your plate and transform it until it feeds you. Or transform yourself until you can receive nourishment from what's on your plate. It's not about going and getting a better plate at all. It's about what is mine? What is mine here? What is mine to do? If I'm looking for beauty, do I need to go somewhere else? Or do I need to find what's beautiful where I am? Take your shoes off. You are standing on holy ground. Were the words Moses heard on top of the mountain. You are standing on holy ground. And folks, that is the truth. Every day, all the time, you are standing holy ground. So how can we find it holy? Well, I'll tell you, one way, it was a mantra that was given to me by one of my mentors that I decided to really take seriously during the time that I was um, in the park and on vacation. That mantra was, you are not the police. <laughs> And the mentor who gave me that mantra was Bob. Yeah. <laughs> because people weren't wearing their masks. And you're supposed to be 25 yards away from the wildlife. You're not supposed to just come right up on them. It's stupid. And you're not supposed to stop in the middle of the road. And you're not supposed to just because you see something cool. And I would, because this is me, y'all. God bless you all. I need to tell them they probably don't. <laughs> I need to tell them that your mask only works if you put it up over your nose, too. This is a chin diaper. This is a mask. <laughs> These are the things that I think I need to do in the world. And I was giving the blessing the first day of that mantra. I am not the police. Maybe they should have their masks up. Maybe they should stay further from the wildlife. But unless somebody is gasping for air and asking for my help, then I am not the police of anybody but me. So I need to police myself. So I'm going to tell you a terrible story on myself, which was very revealing to me. So we didn't ever stop in the middle of the road, but there were what was called wildlife jams. 
Like somebody will see something and all the cars will stop. Usually they pull off to the side of the road. And we saw this beautiful elk doe feeding just off the side of the road. And we knew something must be happening because cars were backed up for forever. But when we got there, Bob pulled off and there was a guy on the other side who was taking a picture of her. And I was so enthralled that I walked across the hand of ways, but I walked across the street and I was standing next to the guy who was filming her and I took out my own camera and I thought, I'll get her. And I was not 25 yards away. <laughs> now she'd been a bear or a wolf or even an elk buck. I probably would have had no problem staying 25 yards away, but does don't kill you. Pretty much. You know, you know us girls, we tend to be kind. Doves are not generally dangerous, but I had not thought it through that it didn't matter whether she was going to hurt me. Would I possibly do something that would harm her? Would I startle her and make her run out into the street? And I wasn't that close, but I wasn't 25 yards either. And I was just sort of enraptured just watching her, and then I hear this thing on a loudspeaker. Step away from the dome! Step away! And he was really yelling at the guy next to me because he had pulled his car right up next to the dome and gotten out and was kind of in her face. And I was further back than that. But so I was watching him move and then he goes, and you too! <laughs> I had a shame attack. <laughs> stop for about an hour. <coughs> Someone had caught me being wrong. <laughs> I'm not the police. I'm not the police, and we all make mistakes. Yeah. I'm not the police. And my little shame attack kind of brought me up abruptly. I talked to, you know, my, my prayer partner, Michael, was there at the retreat, and I said, Michael, I have this big shame attack. And he said, well, of course, you you grew up your whole life trying to please everybody. Some residue of that's still in there, babe, I promise you. <laughs> so, it's like, I want to move myself out. But, yeah, I don't like to be wrong. I don't like to be wrong. I'm not the police. I cannot tell you how much relief I got from that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the police. Step one, admitted we were powerless. <laughs> Over other people, places, and things. And occasionally over ourselves as we wandered blindly up to a doe. I'm not the police. I urge you to try it, if you're a bossy person. If you're not a bossy person, it probably doesn't have a lot of relevance to you, but for me, it always does. The other thing I learned is that there are always three choices. There's not just fight or flight when you are in a situation of great tension. You can fight, you can run, or you can transcend. You can transcend or transmute the experience. You can change yourself and your reaction to the experience. You can change the way you think about the experience and therefore the way it affects you. Fight, flight, or transcend. I get a choice. I didn't have to attack people or throw up my hands and go. Some people are just too stupid to deal with. 
I could go, yeah, that's not the best, and I'm not the police. And if it's somebody's job to police them, I'm sure they will. And I live in a perfect universe, which I say I believe. And so I should live like I believe that. I am not the police. I can transcend this. And then I can ask myself, what do I stand for? What do I stand for? Do I stand for peace? Then I better be peaceful. And if what is given to me on my plate is not a peaceful plate, then I need to transcend it or transform it until it feeds me or transform myself until I can be nourished by what's on my plate. What's on my plate is argumentative people who aren't following the rules. I can't possibly be peaceful because other people aren't doing what other people are supposed to be doing. Well then, you know what? Other people never will. And I've given up peace for my life. And I can say, we need to end war. But if I can't end a war in myself, how am I going to bring world peace? Edwin Gaines, who is an amazing speaker and um, just a transformative woman, and her thing is prosperity. She talks a lot about prosperity. She, she makes no bones about, you tithe, you tithe 10%. That's first fruits to God, period. And people say, I don't have very much. And she says, well, if you won't give that little bit, how is God going to trust you with a million dollars? Look at it. 
looks and affects you, then take a picture of it or take your camera and put it in your pocket and then be there. You gotta be there. You have to be, you have to be present to win. <laughs> you have to be present to win. So start, be where you are and then bless the ground upon which you stand. That's how to transform what's on your plate. You bless it and you bless it and you bless it and you bless it. Here's a very small way I've been able to do that. So I hired someone to clean my house two days before we got home because I wanted to walk into a clean, not chaotic house, which was possible because our two dogs were in the kennel. And our cats aren't that messy. So we got home, we weren't able to pick them up the first day because we had to take them off to a doctor's appointment. So we picked them up on Saturday. And they came in and immediately nothing was clean anymore because that's the way they roll. And instead of going, there goes my clean house, I went, here comes all this love and hair. Because love comes with hair sometimes. If I don't want the hair, how am I going to get the love? Right? shift of mind. I know that's a small thing. It's not a small thing if you're like a OCD control freak sort of person who likes to have everything clean. Not that I am that, but um, it's a small thing, but everything can be transformed in that way. Bless the ground on which you stand. Start where you are. Take a look around. Take a deep breath. still can't see the wonder, simply pray this prayer. Show me. Show me the wonder I'm missing. I promise, if you take the moment to do so, you will be in awesome.